0: Hi, I'm Margie. Welcome to the Desert Island Dishes podcast. This is the podcast where every week I ask my guests to choose their seven Desert Island dishes, These range from the dish that reminds them of their childhood, the best dish they've ever eaten, the first dish they learned to cook, and of course, the last dish they would choose to eat before being cast off to the desert island. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast as it really does help to give the show a little boost. And for that, I'm very grateful. Happy New Year! Hopefully you're listening to this in real time. Otherwise, I am that person who is still wishing people Happy New Year in April because you haven't seen them since before Christmas. We all know them. Hope you are very well and wishing you the best 2018. I'm really excited about some of the things coming up and I'm so happy to have you listening along. This is a delicious episode with the wonderful Daisy. Enjoy. So my guest today is Daisy Buchanan. Daisy is quite simply a word wizard. She's a writer, an author, and a journalist. Her writing covers everything from arts, entertainment, and women's issues. She contributes to a whole host of publications, including Esquire, Grazia, The Guardian, Look Magazine, Marie Claire, and The Telegraph, to name literally just a few. Daisy was Grazia Magazine's resident agony aunt, winning Dating Journalist of the Year Award. Daisy has written three books, including the hugely successful How to Be a Grown-Up, and she's one of the funniest women on Twitter, according to Huffington Post. She said recently of Christmas, I love my family and I love gravy, but I am really looking forward to a few days of not seeing my family or eating gravy.
1: Welcome, Daisy. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me.
0: So it's the first week back after Christmas, a traditionally slow one, as most of us are still sort of 96% quality street. And I saw your tweet about something you call
1: freelanced. Freelanced, yes. I love that. It's really weird. I don't know if you feel this at all, where on one level you think, oh, well, this is quite nice because I remember when I worked in an office and you know, going back is always horrid. Yeah. I don't have to do that. <laughs> I can do what I like. And then, hmm. I can do what I like. No one's telling me what to do. I've got nothing to come home from. I have no purpose. Who am I? How will I pay my tax bill? Yeah, that completely rang
0: true with me sort of feeling so lucky to not have anything super pressing, but then all life's biggest worries falling on top of your shoulders and having a freak out. But that's kind of how I feel most of your tweets make everyone feel like you're very good at sort of
1: saying what other people are feeling. Oh, thank you so much. You're very welcome. I like to reassure and I've always thought maybe that's the, the big sister in me. And to be honest, sometimes I think that when I was actually I say an active big sister, I still am. I still that But you know, when when my little sisters were more in need of the little sistering, I don't think I was often very good at it. I could be quite bossy. And then I don't believe that. Oh no, I could I mean the <laughs> the only thing was they were bossy back, so it's fine. It was very much an equal opportunities area for bossiness, but the unsolicited advice I give out, and I do try not to do too much of that, but it's much more in that that vein of, of reassurance. It's like this feeling horrible and terrible and alone and unsure of your place in the world. That is entirely universal, and and it will pass. And no one knows what they're doing, and anyone who is absolutely convinced they do know what they're doing is probably an idiot. So
0: we're going to talk about the first Es Island dish of the day, and that's the dish that most reminds you of
1: your childhood. I am going to say macaroni cheese or some variation of my mum made it all the time she called it pasta bake so we'd all you know sit down there were you know six of us and it was a sort of cheap easy straightforward thing to make that you know most children whatever their ages are going to sort of have the palate for and not make a fuss about but I still remember it now because it's just so so salty and creamy and savoury and delicious. And Has she taught you how to make it? Yes, she has. And it's interesting with mum because she is a really creative cook. I was going to say entirely self-taught. She's done, she, I think she went to relief school just, you know, for fun yeah. a couple of years ago. But she's really relaxed in the kitchen and she just... She seems to understand the art and the science of it and the and it's almost like, I don't know, learning to read or learning maths. And as sort of, you know, as soon as you know like the first, you know, set of times tables, you're like, Well that's ultimately just you just build on that really.
0: That's so true. I think that's a really lovely way of looking at cooking. Does she still make Very it much. now?
1: She does. It's been a little while. I guess the other sort of you know part two of that question is maybe um she does make a brilliant brilliant lasagna slightly more grown-up version and you know the alchemy of all that and again i think that's something that seemed so complicated i thought but it's just layers yeah well so what is the difference between a roux and a bechamel sauce I've never been able to figure it out. So the roux is just the butter and flour. So once you've
0: cooked that out, actually, when we were at cookery school, they just used to teach us to to make large batches of the roux, just cooking the butter and the flour together and then keeping it in the fridge. And then whenever you want to make a quick white sauce, it's there for you. You just grate it into the pan, add some milk. So the moment you add the milk, that becomes the bechamel. Ah.
1: Yeah. Now I know, that's very, very useful. Yeah. But it's that, the sort of, you know, that a, a white sauce is the beginning I'm, of everything. Oh, really it and is. And the things that
0: mum did to make it delicious. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about mac and cheese in particular because you do a chilli chorizo mac and cheese.
1: I do. And it's, again, that once you've got that as your base yeah. and you can, you know, make it, you can do anything. So what is your secret? I always fry shallots in butter sometimes with um a little bit of i'm addicted to the um lazy garlic that comes oh Yeah, yes. it's terrible <laughs> but it's just one less thing to think about and i'm yes. very very lazy no i'm um, all
0: for shortcuts
1: and i make a very very buttery flowery and then sometimes i um well what sort of a roux i like to put cream in instead of milk um yum Yes, with the chili chorizo. Yeah, I, I always wanted to like do I say How do you thought yeah. Yes.
0: Oh yeah, I know. Um,
1: somewhere <laughs> <in> between. <laughs> I say it um, in a very English
0: voice. <laughs> it's
1: that, that, one of those words, isn't it? Where you, do you sound very English, or do you sound very pretentious? Well, I know it's hard to know which awful way to isn't it, go because yeah. we should say things properly but if I hear someone saying if, oh, it really jars like who are you yeah you think, what do you think? I get that so you then. went to Spain well done yeah
0: <laughs> with a croissant when some people mm. say it really aggressively like croissant
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I want breakfast in a fight croissant
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so that's a lot of people for your mum to cook for growing up were lots of the dishes of your childhood those kind of things where it was sort of making a large batch of something and everyone just sat down and ate the same thing.
1: Yes. Lots of, I guess, you know, sides and um and bowl food. I thought mm. well, now I love anything that is a stew of Ooh. some description. I mean sometimes on a Sunday, rather than a roast you know, a bit to ring the changes and a bit maybe as a cost-cutting exercise. Yeah. I don't know. She did a huge sort of meaty casserole with dumplings and she made proper suet dumplings. And in my um. eating disorder times, so I was like, mother, do you know how much fat is in there? But now. And she's oh, like, yes, I, I made them. There's a lot of fat and dumplings all <laughs> the time. And realizing reevaluating my relationship with... The concept of fat and learning that is where things hold their flavor. Yeah. And yeah. that is why things are delicious. You know, it is hard to make delicious things if they're fat free. Butter, I think, is just the key to Everything. happiness. And that, I think, <laughs> that period of learning how to eat again. And it was, you know, my black and white world went Technicolor. And oh, God, butter. It's, um, you know,
0: I could talk about butter all day. Okay, let's talk about the second Desert Island dish of the day. And that's the first dish that you learned to cook. That's a very good question
1: because I, it doesn't really count. But the first thing I remember making, I would be three or four and I don't know where I got the notion from. I'd maybe seen something on Pebble Mill before Green Yeah. I made a marshmallow cake and that cake was marshmallows and icing sugar and the icing sugar was glue. and oh, It was a good. kind of pyramid.
0: And it wow, was, that sounds very impressive.
1: Well, it was really sweet because my sister at the same time decided she wanted to make something and she invented a dish called Cracker Macca. Ooh. Now, to make Cracker Macca, yeah. you'll need a bowl of milk, yes, some Jacob's Cream Crackers Honest. and a package of fruit pastels. Oh, okay, that's that's a curveball. I didn't see that coming. OK, and you break the cream crackers into the milk. Yeah. And then scatter the fruit pastels and leave to allow the pastels to form a sort of protective milky shell. Beautiful. Yes. I know what and, I'm making this weekend, Daisy. <laughs> well, what I always think the, the family reaction was at least marshmallow cake was inoffensively edible. You definitely won. Eat a marshmallow and say, "Mm, that was nice and not need to lie. (laughs) Yes, no, that's definitely true. Um, Let's talk about an article you wrote
0: for The Pool, which I really loved, where you revealed that almost half of us take a photo of our
1: food before we eat it. That's crazy. My... Instagram bio is photographing everything I haven't managed to get in my mouth first because oh, I love that. Every single time I go somewhere nice for dinner, I think, oh, I can, um, you know, document this and wrap yeah. up some good engagement because I'm, I am not good at Instagram. Everybody in the world is better at Instagram really? than I am. But honestly. you are the queen of Twitter. So I don't know if you can be good at both. I, that, that comforts me. Um, yeah. no, I mean, please- I, I suspect the people who are good at Instagram have more power. I'm just sort of making silly jokes into the wind. <laughs> right.
0: um, yeah, you're amazing with words. And so Twitter is a more natural sort of habitat for you. I mean, no, your Instagram is obviously great. But do you think that might be why you prefer Twitter?
1: I really think it is. I think I'm probably verbal, written, writtenly verbal. You yeah. see that?
0: Even talking, I have problems with it. <laughs> I'm struggling with all the words today. <laughs> Wait, we've just like forgotten how to speak.
1: Come back. We just, we need an infusion of quality streets, and we'll be fine. We do. We need yeah, to a level of transfusion. But I think there is a a lot of treatment. I've always, always been a very keen reader. Yes. Um, mostly because I've, it was not popular at school. I was having a horrible time. But, you know, books were... Escapism. Escapism. And, and they were my friends. And to a point, they they raised me in a way as much as my parents did and my family did. And I, I think that's... I, I do often wish I was more visual. I'm in awe of you can't be good at everything, Daisy. So that was. Oh, but I know. wanted to be. I wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> think, sides. But, the, um, but anyway, photographing food is what we were talking yes. about. And then I got sidetracked. But I always sort of
0: justify it to myself because I'm a chef and I create recipes and I'm a food stylist. So I always sort of say, I know this is a bit embarrassing, but it's kind of my job. But I wonder whether that's just an excuse. And even if I was a lawyer, would I still be photographing my food? Probably.
1: I probably would be. Do you think it's ever going to go away? it, you know, brings people a lot of pleasure. I'm a huge fan of the, the writer and broadcaster Miranda Sawyer. And I think it might be in her book, Out of Time, which is great. But I've heard her say in talks as well, she's got a theory about youth culture. oh, And that everything changed when Saturday Morning Telly stopped being the chart show. And live and kicking. Live and kicking. And, you know, all of this, yeah, you know, Being bands. And now it's, um, it's Sunday brunch and Saturday kitchen, you know, which are, Great, but the the young people, um, <laughs> I'm 32, but that it's the sort of the photographing of food, it's become a you know what youth culture is now. And I yeah. think that there is definitely, you know, people like to be seen in certain restaurants, people fetishize food, and I think it goes both well, two ways that people loving food and being excited and passionate about food is a glorious, glorious thing. And I want people to be excited. I love seeing photos of food. But I do think that there is this culture of using food as a prop and an accessory. And I see it, you know, beautiful, you know, slender models and, and actors and people. And there are all kinds of reasons why why they do this. But I see that, like, hey guys, look how normal I am. I'm eating this cheeseburger and holding it sort of inches from your mouth. And I think that it's a really damaging standard. And obviously, not all photos of food are like that. So. No, some are great, but I think there is a real, look how normal I am eating this amazing thing. And then, you know, of course I'm not going to eat it. That was just, um, and I'm so, so greedy. I cannot stress this enough. I have so little impulse control around food. A girl after my own heart, Daisy. I live for it. And the number of times I've just been so excited about it and just wired in and then thought, oh, I was going to take a picture of that. Oh, Oh, never
0: mind. I know I have many shots of just empty plates that I've just sort of wolfed down. I think also your article just made me think about how loads of the times when we're eating, it's obviously about the food, but it's also about the occasion. And we don't want to get to a point where we're just so busy sort of trying to stand on a chair and taking a picture of the food that you kind of miss out on the experience, I think. That seems like a good moment to ask you about the third desert island dish of the day.
1: And that's the best dish you've ever eaten. Oh, Margie, I've struggled with this question so much. I'm sure everyone does. I envy people who are just like, yes, it was on this occasion. The, um, it's probably apocryphal, but um, Lord Redsdale, the um, father of the Mitford sisters. Oh, yes. Redsdale? Redsdale? Not saying his name right. He is thought to have said, the best book I've ever read is White Fang. I read it and it was so frightfully good that I decided I'd never bother reading another. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's amazing. So imagine just being like, yes, right, that. Best, <laughs> that's it. Um, that mac and cheese, I'm done. Off the top of my head, something I ate, I think about a lot is... Um, I went with my friend Marina to the quality chop house and I had mince on toast, which is a speciality of there. She's a really brilliant food writer and loves food with a passion. And she sort of told me to order it. She then had this um, truffle risotto, which was just heaven. And I was so torn between enjoying my mince on toast and being very jealous. Oh no, the ultimate was, food envy. It was a very definition of savouriness. And this might not be right, but I remember the Bread is like a kind of brioche. It's mm. that dense buttery, the slight sweetness that made the the mince seem all the richer and really meaty. I think so often when I eat any any meat that's been minced, it's in a sauce that's slightly like a sort of baster or something to market. yeah, which I love. One of my favourite things to do, and no one ever wants to do it with me and i was gonna say maybe i'll do it after this podcast oh, I'm what is no i'm being vegan damn it um <laughs> the first of the february feed. we know where to find fairly you fairly cheap and cheerful italians off charlotte street around that area just a spag bowl and a glass of red wine and a load of cheese on top that is, is what i love what I, I love, love
0: that that's what you're thinking about on the fourth day
1: of oh. veganuary <laughs> <laughs> i did i was um, making um porridge with cashew milk the other day and oh what would Liven up this porridge and make it I wonder if you can put butter in oh. porridge. No, no, that's the exact <laughs> that the butter. Thing. creeps in everywhere, Daisy. Um, in the end I put some jam in, which is vegan. Oh, um, so good. And then in my head I just said jam in porridge. I love
0: jam and porridge because it reminds me of rice pudding with jam. Yes.
1: Just, I mean, they're basically I the same thing. It's, that, but it's so right. good. That's why I liked it so much. Yeah, such that a good combo. It's nearly as nice
0: as um spag bol. I mean, um, yeah, basically the same thing. So as a freelancer, presumably you don't have a typical day as such. Do you have a routine when it comes to what you eat in a day? For example, what do you typically have for breakfast?
1: Oh, now, one of my resolutions for the year was to be much better at breakfast because sometimes I am bad and I forget and I always okay. advise everyone to have it. And I sort of think, oh, I, I must, I must do some work or I must go to the gym or I must have something to show for myself before. If I used, I used to be really good at not doing that. When you're and being good, what would you choose to have? Avocado on toast with some salmon. Mm. I really oh, treating myself. Nice. If not, I do like porridge i got very into for a time and this is a super millennial recipe porridge with cashew milk and then cocoa nibs and a load of mini honey because it sort of starts to taste like bourbon it's got a real kind of old-fashioned whiskey cocktail you are such a millennial (laughs) (laughs) have you ever had avocado
0: on your porridge that's, Not yet, Okay, that's, that's what I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah, it sounds kind of gross, but actually avocado, like we're talking about the butter, because it has that same sort oh, of yeah. consistency. You kind of forget that it's avocado in that context. It just tastes,
1: mm. I was in Los Angeles. It was just for my honeymoon. So it was, God, maybe two years ago. That's depressing. But we stayed in this hotel. I think it's called The Line and it's right in the middle of Koreatown and it had like, four different restaurants and they all did different kinds of korean food and that would have actually been so many of the things i ate there would have also been on my best meal list it was so delicious but there was this it's called congee it was a rice porridge and it was savory with an egg on top maybe some miso or something and i was very like oh savory porridge i'm not sure but it gets kind of like grits which is something yeah so good so much here no but why not it should be a thing and it's texturally Mm. it's so weird and the whole time i'm thinking. I think I like this, but do I? Is my brain going to just flick that switch or I find it disgusting? But it's so (laughs) compelling. (laughs) You have to keep going back. Because also, um, I think reading, when I first encountered um, Oliver Twist, well, the film, Oliver, Yes, be real, the yep. musical, and learning about what gruel was for absolutely ages. I grew up thinking that the orphans were being fed a kind of cement or gruel was like oh, <laughs> gravel, you know, like you get in the driveway or something. I mean, that would That's be really mean. <laughs> and then, uh, no, it's, um, it's a savoury porridge, you make it with onions. That actually sounds Delicious. Yeah,
0: I, I didn't know that. I just thought it was porridge made with water. Is it It's made with onions? I think so.
1: Hmm. Or maybe the official recipe is, but the, the Dickensian awful Yeah, one I always so just felt sure. like when my dad used to make me porridge
0: with water and a bit of salt, that felt like gruel. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on to possibly the most important question of the day, Daisy. It's the fourth Desert
1: Island dish. What is your favourite sandwich? Yay! Favourite sandwich. I, I live in Margate. By the sea, so jealous. And my husband and I are often asked why we moved to Margate. We've lived there for about six months now, and it was a you know. Please both... tell me you moved because of a sandwich. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I love. It. There is a place on the harbour arm in Margate. It's called Cheesy Tiger. It's tiny. It's a little bit of a hole in the wall. It's probably you no. Know, there are. Like three tables in there, a sort of long, you know, not quite refectory tables, more like picnic tables. And in the summer, lots of people sit outside, but you can maybe get 15 to 20 people in there and everything is cheese. And they do this baked tumworth, and, and I mentioned, and really, really delicious mac and cheese with truffle oil and a raclette that comes with the charcuterie. But they also do, they call it a grilled cheese sandwich. It's a toasty. Again, I always like chorizo. I always feel a little bit English saying grilled cheese. Like, no, you, you've not grilled this; you fried it, and that is why it is oh, delicious. Yes. And they fried it in butter. Fried it in butter. <laughs> Bloody um, butter. And what's awful is I, I think they use more than one kind of cheese. I think there's mature cheddar in there and maybe some mozzarella, but I don't really pay too much attention, which is bad. I just, no. It's just it cheese. doesn't matter what it is. Yes, and they always say. Do you want jalapenos in it? And the answer is always yes, 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 I do. Oh, it's just thinking about it now. I mean, my mouth is just filled with saliva, honestly. So you it had it's worth moving house for. I mean, of the yeah. Sandwich.
0: So how soon after you tasted the sandwich did you decide you moved to Margate? Uh, the next day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we exchanged on the house very quickly. <laughs> Honestly,
1: we were. It was funny, actually, because I remember that first time we were in there. And Margate is interesting um, because so many people are moving there. And I love the energy of it for that reason. It's always a mixed bag, poison chalice, because I know that move there because of a sandwich, but also yeah, because... I couldn't really afford to live in London anymore. Not if I wanted to try and and buy a house. We're still saving up as well. Everybody assumes that we've just sort of gone and bought a house. I'm like, no, we didn't magically. They don't, you know, greet you at the limits and say, (laughs) here's your deposit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Margate's so great for food. Is it? I should also say my friends Harry and Simona run this, a deli and it was a supper club. And now it's a restaurant called um, Bottega Caruso. Oh, great. and it's in the old town and they've just got premises and it's beautiful. The things those people can do with polenta. Oh, um, you're going to have us all moving to Margate. I worry about it. I worry about yeah. it a lot. Um, but you're doing your part. You're putting funny. money back
0: into that cheese shop.
1: <laughs> well being sat sash- in <laughs> Cheesy Tiger and being surrounded by people who are on their phones, looking at, you know, Zoopla and Rightmove and whatever. I thought, everybody is moving here because of these sandwiches. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Any towns out there needing an influx of people, just get a cheesy tiger and yeah, just problem solved. Really, really good at making a fried
1: cheese sandwich.
0: So I knew that we were going to get on when I found out that you and I share a love and it's a love that's not shared by that many people. And it's one that we could be mocked for, but we both
1: love plain food. Ah, yes. I love it. My dad says that quite often he has watched a, a film or a TV programme while flying. I thought, that was brilliant. I must see more. of. then sort of got back and thought, oh no, that was just being in the air, changing yeah. the way you experience things. Yeah, the high um, pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
0: I, I definitely think- agree that something you're served up there. Mm-hmm. If I went to a restaurant and had it, I probably wouldn't be that happy. But there's just something about how stodgy and I don't know maybe it's the not being able to choose what you have or the boredom or but I love it I think
1: that's absolutely it it marks you know a point of passage doesn't it that you're sort of and it's and probably the whole the process of anticipation because it takes so long for them to get down the plane. You doesn't know, it doesn't matter what it is. You're just happy it's sitting, finally excited. arrived. It's, yes. <laughs> it's a good hour of your journey used up on that sort of twitchy looking for And that, just the sense, And you, it's really palatable, isn't it? And then the
0: vegetarians get mm. theirs way earlier and you're like, "Ugh, I should have ticked that box and then I'd be eating by now. <laughs> What's the best thing you've ever eaten on a plane? Oof. I mean, the best thing. I don't know. Um... As gross as it is to the majority of people, I always really like the mashed potato.
1: Oh, yeah! Do you know, instant mash is just oh, God, I could. Is that that's, that's probably vegan? Is that, is that no. um, probably yeah?
0: <laughs> is that what it is? It's smashed. Do you think?
1: I mean, I, I bursting guess all that my plain d- food dreams these days. Maybe not on British Airways, but I do. There's a a French brand of instant mash called Mousseline, and I think that often is that is that a term as well? The Mousseline potato is it's a way of your age, yes. But this. I don't know if they put lots of salt in I mean everything that I think is really delicious. It's just loads it's, of Just salt. loads of salt <laughs> and butter. Mm.
0: <laughs> Which I can't have. But the thing is, the idea of having to buy my food beforehand, mm. if I do that, it's all gone within about ten seconds of takeoff because it sort of bores a hole in my nose. Exactly that it's like bad. when I go
1: to the cinema with snacks and I um, do that. I sort of power through. Uh, finish my cinema snacks. You, you know there's a sort of there's the adverts for the, the film. Yeah. And then there's just normal adverts first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's normally before the adverts for other films start. That's how greedy I am.
0: I was like, so I went to boarding school and my mum always used to buy me loads of food, which they called tuck. And I'd, I'd already eaten my terms worth of tuck on the first evening. Like I just can't, I can't have it there, knowing it's, it's there. Knowing
1: it's there. Yeah,
0: and it talks to me.
1: That's something, because when I um, met my husband, one of the things that he said about we know his how he knows whether or not he can love someone or be friends with them is like can they could they just have a half-eaten chocolate bar in the fridge because if they could then they are not his people (laughs) and actually when we did meet he was he'd just done the Beyonce juice cleanse um right he is and we both have fairly big issues with sort of you know our I wouldn't say our weight so much as our body image. We've yeah. done various diets together and I know he was, but at the time he was really, really slim and he just seemed a bit vague about food. And I remember thinking, I really like him, but uh oh, I don't think he really likes food and I don't think I can be with him. If it's a deal breaker. Place. And Daisy. then I was so happy when I realized that it, um,
0: you don't leave half eaten chocolate biscuits either. Daisy, I want to talk about the fifth desert island dish of the day. And that's the dish that you eat the most often.
1: I think it might be roast broccoli. Oh, it really? It's my go-to. I love frozen vegetables. Yes. I have a horror of um, things going off and not kind of getting around to eating them. So yeah. the thing I probably do at least twice a week is get out a whole bag of frozen broccoli, florets from the freezer, yeah. boil them up and then have a pan in the oven with oil, garlic, usually pine nuts um, or some kind of nut or, or crunchy thing. And then I just put the cooked broccoli in the tray with loads of sometimes like big globs of butter as well. Oh, vegan Parmesan is great. I think Yum. my sister, uh, Gracie, made this and I think it's a uh, a Barefoot Contessa recipe ah, that's been best. kind of, we've sort of tweaked and twisted and evolved between us. So you have the oil in the pan getting hot. Yes. And then as you as add you the broccoli. roast potato, Yeah. And then you add the broccoli. And then
0: so how long do you sort of roast it all up for?
1: Oh, a good 20 minutes. Mm. I like, well, me and um, Dale both like when it sort of chard yeah yeah quite but. <laughs> no I like whoever
0: invented the term chard it's sort of I, I did that on purpose it is dark
1: brown <laughs> because I've made it so
0: <laughs> so Daisy you are very successful. There's no other way to look at it. Your writing is in demand. You're a published author. People listen to what you've got to say.
1: For the record, I just want to say that I'm here going mm, and making a <laughs> um,
0: and But it's true. But going back a little bit, you got fired from your first job when you were 22. But you say career-wise, it maybe was the best thing that could have happened.
1: Oh my God, I'm so happy I got fired from that job. I mean, I think it was Utterly humiliating, but I was too much of a wuss to leave. At 22, I never would have found it in myself to say, I need to take responsibility and take charge of my own happiness. I would have just stayed and got sadder and sadder. And maybe, and I probably would have thought, oh God, well, I hate it here, but maybe I'll go and work for another financial PR agency. Yeah. In fact, they did try to do that a bit. And happily, none of them hired me. Sometimes you just need a little push, and I think, as well, it's really, really important for us all to know that you know there are troughs in life, and failure happens to us and I think the earlier we can come to terms with that, that sounds really bleak, doesn't it? But you know everything is survivable, and yeah. something I forget all the time and need to remind myself my own anxieties pretty much nothing I worry about is happening it's all what might happen and then the thing that you think is the worst thing in the world, losing your job and not being able to pay your rent and not having any money and you know, thinking in my head I thought, well, you know, I'll be homeless and it'll be awful and I'll go and live under the bridge. And of course, under the bridge, like there's there's just one. There's just one. Where you yep. go to when you've been fired <laughs> and feel ashamed. But you know, I moved home with my parents for a bit. Um and i was really incredibly fortunate to be able to to do that. And nothing terrible happened. And then I got a job I adored. And I think that's the most brilliant, brilliant thing about age. So that was, it's almost exactly the 10 year anniversary since I got kind of crazy. Yeah. I really like stories
0: like that because I think you're so right. Everyone has ups and downs. And I think it's really reassuring to know that you can come back from something like that and actually without that having happened, would you be doing all the amazing things you're doing? Like you might not have found
1: your way.
0: So I think that's
1: very reassuring. So true. I really yeah. hate the expression, everything happens for a reason, because, you know, some things, don't, awful things happen to people. Yeah. Like, and what's know, the it, reason for this? Yeah, it's it's cruel. And also, mm. I do think it makes us lazy. There's the old joke, isn't there, about the, the religious man who's, I think he's in a flood and he's on a roof and... People, you know, helicopter comes and a man on a ladder comes and they try to help him. He's like, no, thank you. God will save me. And then he goes to heaven. It's like, God, why didn't you save me? It's like, well, I sent a man in a helicopter and a man on a ladder. What more did you want?
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Daisy, I want to know the sixth desert island dish of the day. What is your go-to dinner party dish?
1: (laughs) I love having dinner parties. Come, come to dinner. Come to to Margate. I really love that. Oh my God. Yes. It's my uh, favorite. And actually. I keep going on about my husband, and quite it's just he's like the the Maris. He's invisible, but he is present. There is a book by J.B. Priestley called I think it's called Delights, and it's tiny, tiny essays about just nice things. Like the first bit in the book is saying, "Isn't it lovely when you go to the pub and you have a gin and tonic and some crisps? I like salt and vinegar crisps, and that's oh, it. I love this." And book. there's a chapter called Cozy Planning, and it's about that. Lotting you do about future events where it's just nice and you're not really dealing with any sort of logistical nightmares it's just oh we could do that and wouldn't that be lovely and my favorite kind of cozy planning to do is to watch come dine with me and plan dinner parties based on seeing what people make and think oh but that might be imagine doing that but maybe putting in some pumpkin seeds and having it and if you sort of pureed the the butternut squash or and there's one woman and she was from Russia and she made a Russian salad, which was, I think it was frozen peas and some other component and about four jars of mayonnaise in the oven. I love mayonnaise. In the oven? I love peas. But oh my God, was so a shit. hot no. mayonnaise salad. Hot mayonnaise salad. It was, it was the, not good. Did they like it? No <laughs> one liked it. <laughs> I mean, some potatoes in there as well. Um, you so, and Dale
0: should go on couples come dine with me.
1: I would love. Oh my
0: God. Can I enter you? (laughs) That would
1: be incredible. Please. So mine would probably be cream spinach. And I make Mm -hmm. it by, I make it with a roux, loads and loads of butter, fry up onions, flour, cream, because it's cream spinach. Yeah. I like the frozen spinach that comes in little discs and sort of boil that up first for luck and then mix it up the white sauce and then breadcrumbs and cheese on the top parmesan is nice oh maybe a little amazing feeling so inclined it's that easy yum and it's very it's sort of impressive because i think lots of cream spinach recipes are kind of just cream of spinach and yeah spinach. and it's a little bit i i think it's a bit tastier than yeah, that sounds like lots of people who think oh well i won't like cream spinach and then but they quite like that. Cause yeah. It's quite. Like, oh, I like cream.
0: I will like that. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you have that on the side of? The
1: thing we always end up making. I'll do a few things. But um, Tom Carridge's slow roast lamb shoulder over a load of potato and onion. It's so, so just the delicious, lamby fat caramelising all those onions. There so is. good. Nothing better. Daisy, you're making me so hungry. Um, And also, I might do some roast broccoli for luck. Well, yeah, why not? Also, roast sprouts. I tweeted this because, you know, we've just had Christmas. Yeah. And I I really love sprouts and I will eat them all year round. In the way that I will eat spinach all year round if it has cream on it. So you similarly sort of parboil them first, get your roasting tin ready. And with the oil, ginger, peanuts, chilli, soy sauce. Oh. Or... Marmite, if you feel so it, inclined, all into the oil. All into the yeah. oil, really mix them up and just yeah. roast them. Have you cut them in half? Uh, the sprouts, yeah. Um, no, I have the ones bother. that are pre, you know, what's the word? Oh, they've had their Pre-storked, elder... Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they're all the whole. They're looking pretty. pretty. I'm gonna have to try that. That sounds so it's good. Just, it's so easy, and it's such a great way of eating vegetables. I don't know how healthy it is. I, I love the sound of that, but that—that's just the best. I mean, I don't have to tell you, and you might think, "No, this is terrible cheating." But just any sort of nut or seed thrown in always makes things a bit oh, more no, delicious and exciting. I don't think that's cheating at yeah. all. Um, I
0: think it's just in our family the women are obsessed with like sprinkling seeds basically on everything, and it just happens that all of our boyfriends and husbands absolutely hate it. It, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't stop us doing it. <laughs> So rumour has it that you love a good brunch. I do. Where are
1: your favourite places to brunch? It's a bit splurgy. Yeah. There's the Cookbook Cafe, um, which I think is in the it's one of those big sort of piccadilly hotels, like around the roundabout. Yeah. Um, the Intercontinental, I think, or you know, Interpol in- Metropole. Yeah. No, I think it is the Intercontinental. Um, I remember because a second branch opened up in Greenwich where we used to live. And I was like, wait, when are you going to do your brunch? And they they never did. Oh, um, but it's a real sort it's very, very American. And it is, you know, bottomless Prosecco. It's probably why I sort of come out, oh, I had a lovely yeah. time. But they do really, really delicious sashimi, which Ooh. is, I know it's not always a brunch go-to, but I think about their, I was quite late to sashimi and sushi, but the, the butteriness of it and china and the sort of weird... I don't know. It's it's thrilling that the consistency of it is so absolute. I guess you sort of explain yeah. it. it's not like the way meats are often you know, and it's the charm of meat as well. You sort of have these kind of you know mix of you know the the tender and the the less tender. Yeah, I was not expecting you to pick sashimi as your brunch option. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I actually, I was expecting pancakes <laughs>
0: and avocado. But I like it. I mean, why not? Daisy I can't believe it, but we're on to the final desert island dish of the day. And that's the last dish you would choose to eat before being cast
1: off to the desert island. Going to finish my shocking, shocking soppiness. Um, my husband's eggs, which sounds vaguely biological, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> Man eggs. Man um, eggs. Tell us about them. And I do not understand this because I follow the same recipe, and I can never make it as good or as well, rather, sorry, as he does. Um, It's usually lardons and red onions, tons of butter. He does kind of sort of throw in whatever's around. So I know he did amazing ones. We just, um, we'd had a curry and we had some bombay potatoes and they went in, often spinach. I think his trick might be that he uses... Cheese, is like a grated cheddar, almost instead of milk or something. <laughs> okay, so very,
0: very. So it's a scrambled egg. Yes, so you have that base, and then you add the the
1: eggs, and then you just slowly cook it into a scramble. Yeah, tons and tons of sort of cheese and onion and some kind of sort of bacon or pancetta or something delicious. Yeah, and it always has it with um with bagels. And I think that I've always enjoyed a bagel, but I have a newfound appreciation since we have been together for a, a buttered bagel. Yeah, that sounds absolutely
0: delicious. And you're allowed to take with you one special item to the island. What would you like to take with you?
1: This is really, really hard. And I was absolutely torn between perfume because yes. I love perfume so much, all of them. And it'd be very, very difficult to to pick a favourite. Although my sort of favourite of the moment is... um. Coromandel by uh, Chanel. Yes. But I also love all of them. I love all of them. Um, I mean, I'm very generous. I could give you a perfume collection. Well, that would be very, some sort of a, you know, a a set of those... uh, travel ones, but also I was going to cheat and say, I am very, 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 very slowly making my way through Anthony Powell's Dance to the Music of Time books. Oh, yes. And there's about 50 of them. Loads. Perfect, that will keep and you busy. And I do really vacillate between, you know, loving his dry humour and, you know, the rhythm of his writing. And he, I think, reminds me of Evelyn Waugh War in his depth and his ability to cover and tackle very, very heavy things with such lightness. And you'll say he charms me by devoting so much description and weight and energy to really, 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 really fleeting things. And then something will happen and you'll sort of go back, what? That was someone died come on a major milestone
0: I think we'll give you the collection and the perfume just so that you can smell nice as you're reading Daisy thank you so much for letting us hear your desert island dishes
1: Margie thank you so much for having me I have adored this <laughs> me um, too but now I want to go and eat eggs and I can eat eggs in um, 25 days yeah, oh, oh god yeah, <laughs> sorry Daisy
0: good luck thank <laughs> you I don't know if there's ever been an episode with so many things I wanted to cook. I'm going to make the broccoli tonight and I really want to try the Brussels sprouts. Her husband's eggs sound brilliant, although we may have to work on the name. And I don't know about you, but that cheese sandwich definitely sounds worth moving house for. I'm on Zoopla as we speak. Don't forget to have a look at the recipe inspired by Daisy's Desert Island Dishes. Head to www. Dishes.co forward slash recipes. There are some great ones there already, she says modestly. And I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening.